put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandments. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory to God. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. You're watching RLM TV Florida. It's good to be here. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing. Just a praise report. Some of you guys might have noticed yesterday we only had one microphone. A cable blew out right before the broadcast. Satan killed one of the cords. It was a newer cord, too. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I ordered another one. 20 cables showed up overnight. 20 cables. I ordered two. 20 showed up. That's a 20-fold return for every attack of the enemy. So don't mess with RLM TV. The kingdom of heaven is with us, and we're taking everything by force. Amen. Praise God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Having a good time in the glory. We're loving this new studio setup. Thank you, Jesus. You make all things new, and when they're new, they're exciting. Amen. And Amen. everything that God wants to do in your life will be exciting for the eternal part of your spirit. If anyone is not having an exciting time, they're simply not learning how to be in his glory. Everything in his glory is infused with excitement. It's like lightning excitement. Ride the lightning, thunder and lightning. Where are we going today in the kingdom of heaven? Places we've never been before. God is always doing something new. Behold, I do a new thing. It springs up now. It is written. Where is it springing up? In our hearts. The newness can only come through a heart that's soft to hearing today's bread from heaven. Amen. And the heart can't be softened for that new word unless we can realize and acknowledge him in all of our ways, which means acknowledging that when God is doing a new thing, it's something we've not heard before. It's something we've not seen before. Now, he builds layer upon layer, truth upon truth. He builds sapphire stone upon living stone upon living stone. Not with stones made by human hands. Otherwise, it would be a desecration of the altar. So if you understand that aspect of God's ways, we can simply say, Yes, Lord, I'm ready to receive the new thing that I don't know, that I have not yet seen, that I have not yet perceived, I have not yet fathomed. Even though the seed of that truth, of that revelation, might be inside of my spirit, so there's something to build on, amen, the foundation is Christ, and Christ alone, he is the righteous one, the anointed one of our salvation, and he is the foundation upon which all works of the Father are being built, and one of those works that he is doing and building in the earth right now is RLM TV Florida, it's been decreed by the Father. It's been proclaimed by the heavenly, holy angels who confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh with many signs and wonders and witnesses. So we are building on living sapphire stones. Something he's been showing me because the signs and wonders in this ministry have been quite astonishing lately. The joy surrounding the 20 cable sign and wonder today just blew me away. I made a short video and posted it on Facebook if you guys want to see it. Those types of things tell me that the angels are watching very, very seriously and are heavily, heavily involved in all the details of this ministry. So why is it the way it is right now? God enjoys the refinement. Everything he's doing on the inside is big. You need to understand that. He'll have all of his angels, his whole throne room, involved in something that's gigantic in the spirit, but in the realm of the natural, it might look small. But I'm telling you, for these kinds of signs and wonders to happen, this is huge in the realm of the glory. The angel feather coming out of my right side three days ago, the cables today, the 20 cables signed and wonder today, all these things are telling me 
that God is intricately involved in all the details of the building of RLM TV. That He is involved in every single thing that's going on here. And so it's a huge encouragement to everyone walking with us. God is involved in all the details. It's not about the big circus show that a lot of people think that's where God is. He's refining the details under a microscope. He's big Amen. in refining the details. What is big is the magnifying glass of his building of perfection in his sons and daughters in these days. So oftentimes the brain has to see something big on the outside. Where's the stadiums? You know, where's the open fields? The stadiums of angels in the heart first. Amen. It was the same thing with King David. Who's going to side with little King David? Little tiny runt King David anointed by God. Who's going to be with David when they're on the run from Saul hiding in caves, yet refraining from hunting the hunter? Right? So that is important on this journey of cosmic righteousness. When it comes to the people of God who have gone astray from God, if there is someone who has walked under the anointing, you do not hunt anointed ones, regardless of whether they are hunting you or not. Some of the, some of the biggest promotions in the Sephirotic realm, which is the realm of faith, are those promotions that come to the believer who even when they are hunted by other anointed or previously anointed Christians refuse to hunt them back, even when they could easily smite or destroy them or have the advantage point and have the favor of God because of the fear of the Lord that says, touch not mine anointed, even those who once walked in the anointing, who once walked in the power of God, who have now become hunters and they're hunting David, and you refuse to hunt them back. Now, it doesn't mean you don't escape the spears. You don't. It doesn't mean that you don't escape them in the places God has provided for you to, to be safe and to be secluded. It's not wise to walk into the camp of Saul and sit down and eat a meal together because he'll kill you. Amen? So you need wisdom, prudence, and wisdom which dwell together to stay alive and he's keeping me alive we sing the song he's keeping me alive amen some of you just need to sing that over your life he's keeping me alive and refuse to hunt even those christians who hunt you in doing that you are setting yourself for some of up for some of the most grand promotions on the sapphire stones it's not wise to allow your enemies to kill you come on now people want to say they're a martyr well no I appeal to Caesar, Paul says. He was getting out of being killed by the Jews in the book of Acts. Right. Letting the enemy kill <laughs> you. Kill me. Yeah, letting the enemy kill you is not living the life of the crucified one. Right? It's an it's an easier thing to be a martyr. We've seen that in the writings of many believers and Christians and those even in the glory stream have talked about this. You can study it out in the Bible as well. But it's an easier thing to be a martyr for God than to stay alive and be morally and spiritually resurrected from the dead while yet in the body. And that's a scripture in the Bible. Check it out, look it up, and memorize that. Write it on the tablet of your heart and begin to walk in that. And what is that resurrection, spiritual and moral resurrection from the dead while yet in the body? We tell you the truth, it is walking on sapphire stones in the ascension of Jacob's ladder where the angels themselves ascend and descend. And it is, in fact, the very same place that Messiah, Jesus Christ, descended to come into the flesh, into the womb of Mary. And if you've taken our masterclass, you understand that that Shekinah cloud that overshadowed her was the cloud of Shekinah, and that's generated by the Sephiroth. Repentance is often taught of just changing your inner man to agree with God's will, which is true, but you need to understand it in terms of growing because repentance is 
growing in today's food from God. So when a person's backslidden, which means they're not growing internally, their soul is not rising by eating the bread that comes down from God. They're not eating the daily bread. They're not doing the daily will of God. Therefore, their soul is not rising. Their soul is dying, being pulled down. Stagnation. By the earthly things. You need to understand repentance is the growing of the soul. In the center of the soul is the spirit. And around the spirit is the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. And it's encased inside a human body by God's design. And it's a wonderful design. And if you do the appropriate things with it, according to scripture, it works perfectly. And you can grow tremendously and every day it can be thrilling in the glory of God. The issue is understanding what repentance is. Repentance means growing to a higher level. When a person repents to God and God is in heaven, that means their soul grows up to where it should be today if it ate its daily bread every day since it first believed. So you're only held accountable from the time you're born again because before that, the Bible says you were dead in your sins. So God's not expecting any growth when you're dead in your sins, but when you start to believe in Him, you get born again of the Spirit and the water. He expects the growth. Amen. That's such a great reference there to the seed because no matter how long you leave a packet of seeds just out on the porch in the sunlight, no matter how much sunlight or rain those seeds get, until they die, as in they're buried in Christ. You have to die to the old life. So if you have all the seeds, you've been shotgun, machine gunning, we call it the word of God into your spirit, which is not a reference to any uh, gun violence, but a reference to enriching your spirit with the word of God. What does that mean? Rapid fire putting the word of God into your eyes and ears, paying attention to it at the same time. I know it's a lot to ask in this ADHD generation that has the attention span of usually less than five minutes. Some people find a struggle in getting at least 30 minutes a day of the word of God into the eyes and ears. So what do you do? You persist. And you go after, first of all, the kingdom, Malkut, and his righteousness, standing on the moon, clothed in Tiferet, the son of righteousness. And then all these things are added to you, which means prioritize feasting on the word of God to hear that daily word written about in Proverbs of wisdom at the gates every day. And you come before wisdom, the Holy Spirit of wisdom, one of the seven spirits of God, to receive daily instruction. How do you know you're receiving your daily bread? You receive instruction from the Holy Spirit of wisdom. So blessed is he who overcomes the world. How do you overcome the world? You have to be feeding on the food of God for the soul. If the soul is not eating the heavenly bread, the fruit from the tree of life, the Bible says they'll eat out of my hand. They'll eat from the tree of life, it is written. I will grant them to devour the fruits of the Garden of Eden, Jesus Christ in the red letters. This is an overcomer's gift. Well, how do you think they overcome, guys? They overcome because they're eating from the Garden of Eden, Gen Eden. And when you eat that food, you rise into those realms. If you continue to eat that food, that becomes your existence. The soul's existence in the Gen Eden is the overcomer's realm. You're living in the realm where there is no sin, where there is no sorcery, where there is no demons. Your whole soul can be raptured into Gen Eden in a demon-free zone while your body's down here surrounded by darkness and deep darkness on the land and the peoples, but it has no influence over you because you've arisen and begun to shine in the realm that's always had the full glory of God, the Garden of Eden. So you need to understand eating from the tree of life that grows in the Garden of Eden is the center of the soul, the spirit man, devouring God's word. God's word comes from that realm. As we taught yesterday, the liquid drops 
that drip from Gen Eden, they come down the sapphire stones and they drip the daily bread. The river of life brings the word of God to nourish our souls, to resurrect our souls, to repent our souls. And we constantly repent our souls so that we're more nourished to live in the original realm that God had placed us in. Notice that God didn't place man and woman in any other realm, according to Genesis, except Eden, which means the only legal realm for your souls to be in where there is no sin is Eden all the time. And if we're not eating from that realm, we're not drinking from that realm, that's the thirsting and the hungering for righteousness, we're going to be wandering around Eden, which is wandering in the wilderness. The wilderness is simply not entering the gates of Eden. What guards the gates of Eden? Cherubim of his glory, the glory realm, the glory protection, and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the flashing, circling sword, guards Eden's gates, which means as the Word cuts away the old, the old wandering, the old wondering, the old worrying, the old disobeying, the old unbelief in the humanity and the the curse of the fall and the lust and the pride as it gets obliterated from the drips and the drops of Eden's rivers, that begins to circumcise the soul to live in the realm of the glory. And in that realm, our souls are fully satisfied. That's what it means to restore all things and to walk with the Father in the coolness of the day. Amen. That's because there is a faithfulness to the tabernacle, the building of the tabernacle and the faithfulness of the priesthood of the tabernacle and the faithfulness of the assembly of Israel too. Moses and the tabernacle, the tent of meeting before the temple is built. And you are these temples, the temples of the waters of Gen Eden and the voice of the rains. Hosea says, behold, Yadevave comes like the rains and the latter rain shall come and the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former house. It's the glory of the people of the Garden of Eden. It's the glory of a people that voice the original word that created the garden, that created the stars, that created the sun, created the moon, that created man and woman perfect in the fullness of God's glory. Hebrews 1.3, Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the invisible God, the outray and brilliance of the light being. Guess what? You are too, as you eat your daily bread, your repentance is the shining forth of the word of the drops of Eden, the gospel of the liquid of Eden, the gospel of the river that flows from the garden and waters the earth. How do you guys think we make new earth? I'll tell you right now. New earth is brought about by a person who brings forth a new earthen vessel by drinking the Garden of Eden inside their souls. The new earth is written in John 7, 38. Out of your stomachs will flow rivers of Garden of Eden waters. But of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost for those who believe which means you begin to digest the heavenly glory. You begin to digest the soul of Jesus, the seven spirits of God, the rivers of his genetics, the water that created everything. This water, just like when the waters break in the realm of the natural and a baby is born, where do you think the waters that create everything come from? God's inner garden. The inner garden, the rose garden of the Father, living amongst the roses. What is that? Song of Songs 6.3. You are inside the roses of God. Oh yeah, grazing among the roses. Grazing among the roses, it is written. Glorious. And your belly is like a heap of wheat edged with roses. So wheat harvest is automatically, by those scriptures, going to involve supernal roses amen the shepherd grazing among the roses the roses shepherd the wheat and i don't see any tears in the final batch hallelujah praise god so understanding what is the new temple the new creature the new creation what does all this have to do with your rising on sapphire stones that new creature is that new earthen vessel. Earthen vessel 
is represented also in Malkut. That's the sphere of the earth. Your earthen vessel is your own personal Malkut, which is the world that you live in every day that you wake up in. Your sphere of influence is determined by that which goes on in your earthen vessel, your Malkut. The glory on the inside, the victory over the demonic realm on the outside to expand your tent pegs, to expand your influence, your righteousness, which is the righteousness of Jesus Christ as his body is formed within you through circumcision on sapphire stone. So be faithful with the tent, right? The New Testament talks about the temporary temporary tents that we walk around in, as in the old body, the body that has not been transformed in the twinkling of an eye, in the transfiguration of the flesh. Before your flesh is going to transfigure, your inner man, your spirit being must transfigure. It happens in the inner hidden place of the heart, your heart of hearts, which is your spirit. That happens in Tiferet of Isaiah. That's why one of the big warning signs, the posted warning sign through the masterclass, is in the first world of Isaiah as you rise. Once you get to Tiferet, you must stay there until your inner man completely transfigures. Why is that? Because the rest of the journey will be a complete waste no matter how high you go. The survival rate is likely going to be lower, but even if you do survive, you'll never get the results that you're looking for, which is right standing with God. It's an essential part of the overcoming of the membrane of Tiferet. Don't let that luminary deceive you. Tiferet in your own inner man, in your own temple, in your own vessel that it's being consecrated circumcised and sanctified you must still deal with foreskin and membrane of tiferet in each world even though it is a luminary what does that do it actually helps prepare you for the seventh world where everything looks like it's shining and you must separate light from false light and on top of that not to worship primordial light that god created in the, oral uh, oral, in the oral tradition of Moses, he goes on to explain that in the beginning, when God created you know, this world, this universe, he created this primordial light. And from that light, he created the angels. He created all things. But light is something that he created, even primordial light that makes up the flesh of the angels, and I say flesh, as in if the angel's body would be likened unto flesh, which obviously they're not, but if if that primordial light is to an angel's body or flesh, is as dirt of the earth, right, Mother Earth, is to a human formed out of the dirt, it's a similar comparison so that we can understand what the angels are made up of is not something that you worship. Right? We do not worship angels. Why? Because it is forbidden to worship the primordial light that God created when he said, let there be light. The light that preceded the sun, moon, and stars, which were created on, I believe, what is it, the fourth day, mm -hmm. which corresponds with Jesus Christ, on the true calendar of the fourth day. Right. Jesus came the fourth day. Uh, two days ago, for a day is as a thousand years. So he came around the 4,000 in the Jewish, the accurate Jewish calendar. So that would be the fourth day, the day of the bright morning star, the star of stars. Amen. And so all these things speak of the divinity of Christ. So when you get to the seventh world of absolute, when all the spheres look like they're full of light and glowing, as opposed to the world of Berea, when you get there, it all looks very dark until you get the foreskin of that sapphire stone removed. Then light comes through, but wait, you still have the membrane that's, that's twisting the light, stealing the light. 
and that has to be removed. It perverts the light in a demonic way. So there is always a two-step process to each circumcision of sapphire stones. And why is it two-step? Because the third step of the bloodletting was done by Jesus Christ. He meets us halfway. You do your part. God is automatically going to do his part. We have to enact it below for it to happen above. How? By faith, by simply believing what God said. And you follow the instruction and you receive the kingdom like a child. No one is circumcised of heart after they're born again unless they allow God to take away the old nature from their heart. And it's not a one-time deal. Just like in the natural circumcision, according to Levitical law, the child was circumcised eight days after it was born. So after you're born again, you are beginning to be circumcised. And just like the Israelites in the wilderness, it's done as adults. So who is a real Jew? Romans 2 asks, who is a real Jew? Paul answers his own question. He says, those who are circumcised of heart. He is saying the only true Christians are the ones who are circumcised of heart. There's a peeling away and a removing of the human nature, the nature of lust, the nature of greed, the nature of the flesh. Unless that beast and that dragon and that false prophetic, that self-inspiration nature is obliterated out of the believer's heart, they remain evil after they're born again because they refuse to be circumcised. Guys, that's most Christians, and I think it's mainly because circumcision of heart and mind is not really a subject taught in modern Christianity, but it is clearly the doctrine of the apostles of the Lamb. In fact, they said in their writings, you're not even a Christian yet until you're circumcised of heart. And guys, we know just like King David, in order to purchase the soul, the Bible says he had to present a bag of foreskins and he presented hundreds of foreskins and purchased a soul. He purchased a wife. This represents the souls that are added unto you as you begin to circumcise the soul, your inner man, rising on sapphire stones, which is the obliterating of the curse of the fall, every degree of glory. So you'll be tempted every degree. Tempted by what? All the fallen angels that possess the heavens and earth that were forfeit by Adam and Eve. If you look around in the world today, we haven't reclaimed much. We have a lot of fire insurance. There's a lot of zeal for salvation. We've mainly been stuck on elementary teaching the last hundred years. Most ministers preach an elementary gospel that doesn't ever even come close to the advanced things of righteousness. Mm -hmm. There's almost nothing controversial about it. There's no persecution hardly anywhere in America unless you're pioneering righteousness. Mm -hmm. But the truth is now we're going to go forward in these things and reveal them in these times. And it's going to reveal what is in the heart, the progressive removal of the human being for the new creature to come forth directly in your spirit. And that spirit part of you that matures will be just like dad in heaven, as long as it keeps eating the gospel that came out of the true Garden of Eden. At any point that you turn back, you're not worthy of me. Jesus Christ, Red Letters. A lot of people get disheartened. They didn't get their way. They get discouraged. They get some kind of selfish thing gets pricked in them. And 100% of the time, it's Jezebel's selfish temptations. This is what eats up the people when they come into the prophetic or the glory stream or the things of God's glory. They're like, there's still a huge amount of the self-centeredness of the curse of the fall that is not circumcised in their hearts and their minds. Otherwise, they'd love the advanced things. They would be unoffendable. They would continue to be disciples. They would continue to attack their sins, their, their jealousies, their envy, their strife. If you are not at war against your own strife and your own human nature, you're not actually a disciple yet. That's what it means to, after being born again, go after the circumcision of the heart and mind, that I will attack the things of the fall, the things of my human nature. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to make excuses. 
I'm going to use the tools of the priesthood that he's given me to remove them from myself, to humble myself, to be teachable, to learn the greater things of God. We're going to need a lot of chastisement, rebuke, correction, scourging even all the time to remove the sinful nature. The potent sorcery of Babylon the Great is not coming out of the Christians except without great chastisement. Likened unto Mount Sinai, the burning, the quaking, the thundering, and the lightning, the Bible says, seal up the thunder and don't reveal yet what the thunder says until the time of the end. This is the time of the end. And when the thunder comes forth, it'll come forth as judgment and chastisement towards the human being to remove the human being from the new creature that's directly underneath it. But the brain is not renewed to the new creature, therefore it clings to the old nature, resists and refuses to go away. So what's it going to take? It's going to take tremendous judgment. It's going to take a Sinai times seven called Zion that will bring the judgment like thunder in these days over all the nations so that people can clearly see what it is to be fully circumcised the eighth day presented as primordial Adam, Adam Cadman in all the original Shekinah given to Adam and Eve in the original place that they were placed, the Garden of Eden. And this garden will come forth from our hearts and all nations shall see it. They will see the original design that God created them perfect in the beginning. And men and women and fallen angels screwed it up since, but it had nothing to do with God. All God has ever done is perfection towards us constantly in trying to heal us and redeem us back into the original design, revealing to all the angels he made no mistake. There's no mistake in the word. There's no mistake in his ways. All of his assignments and his perfect will is set forth in front of us as a feast table. Will we receive it? Will we get over the other waters of bitterness that try to pollute the drips and the drops of the Garden of Eden? So those waters are what need to go. When you're circumcised, the bitter waters are removed. And with bitterness, there is selfishness. And the self-centeredness, the perspective of my soul, self-preservation, self-promotion, self-reward systems, all these things of the enemy, they get obliterated. That's all of the wormwood waters. There are wormwood waters and there are bright morning star waters. Both waters are presented before every human being every day on earth. Whose cup are you drinking? Remember Genesis 14, when Abraham came back from the slaughter of the five kings, Two kings met him when he had conquered the five kings, which are the five senses of your nefesh souls. He had conquered the flesh and was presented an inheritance of Sodom or in Salem. And there was two cups presented before him. Will you drink the cup of Sodom, the cup of selfishness, the cup of greed, the cup of lust? Or will you drink the cup of Jesus and eat the bread of Jesus? And it's not just a one-time deal. Abraham in the spirit went to that cup of Melchizedek every single day since, renewing the covenant, purifying the Brit, purifying the covenant, renewing the covenant in his eyes, in his heart, in his spirit, in his bones. So when his bones were placed in the cave that he had purchased, In the field, that cave became the very portal to the Garden of Eden. How did he purchase, through the patriarch Abraham, the very portal for the Garden of Eden, becoming the very rungs of the sapphire stones today? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are the framework of our very ladder to God in these days. That's why it's essential your inheritance only be in the patriarchs. This is why all the apostles are emphatic that you are Jews, because if you are not Jews, you have no salvation in the inheritance and promises of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There is no Christianity outside the patriarchs. The Christianity outside the patriarchs is Samael, prince of Esau, false Christianity, Edom, 
hell pretending to be heaven that has duped so many people in these days. It's the false heaven presented to the uncircumcised. When a Christian says, no, I will not be circumcised with the patriarchs. Therefore, they have no inheritance with the sun and the moon and the stars and the government of light and the government of day and the government of Melchizedek and the stairway to heaven and Jacob's ladder. And they say no to the celestial garments, no to the promises of Messiah to Israel. Therefore, what they get is a false version from Samael on the earth And most of the people that get that inheritance think they're in covenant with Jesus Christ when they're only in covenant with Samael. That's why there needs to be a recircumcision of every single Christian's heart in the entire universe. Because then you will see, am I in covenant with Samael? Or do I need to be re-engrafted into the patriarchs to have an inheritance in the Mashiach, in the Messiah Jesus Christ? And you'll find you can never cut away too much of the old heart. That's how you reveal the bright morning star. Listen to this verse. 2 Peter 1.19 in God's Word translation. So we regard the words of the prophets as confirmed beyond all doubt. You're doing well by paying attention to their words. Continue to pay attention as you would to a light that shines in a dark place. What are we paying attention to? The prophetic word, it is written. Pay attention to the prophet's words. You are commanded, 2 Peter 1.19. Any Christian that is not listening to the prophet's words in these days is lost. Completely lost, blind leading the blind. You are commanded by Peter, chief apostle of the Lamb in Scripture, to regard and pay attention to the words of the prophets. Continue to pay attention. Re-examine their words as you would to light itself. These words are the only light you have in the whole earth that shines, this light that shines in a dark place as you wait for day to come and the morning star to rise in your hearts. So you're paying attention to the word Then he says, pay closer attention to the word, not any word, only the words of the holy prophets, only the words of the inspired messengers. Prophets, not something like today where you go get a fortune telling and a fortune cookie from some word of encouragement. That's not a prophet. We God bless everyone and may they be encouraged, but that's not what it's talking about. Right. Words of encouragement (laughs) are not necessarily going to be prophecy, although prophecy can encourage and should encourage the soul. Where a lot of uh, people get into heresies is they start making a dividing line between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they fail to realize that the Lord our God is one God. He never changes. He's always the same. Jesus Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the personification of of Jesus Christ, right? Jesus and his personality, his character, his divine attributes, which are all mercy. They're all attributes of mercy. Even his judgments are mercy. Those are exactly the Father's merciful attributes of compassion. So when you look at the Old Testament, that is the same God. That is the same spirit of prophecy. How is it that we have people in the charismatic church that teach well, Old Testament prophecy is not New Testament prophecy? I know we have, you've got a Ruah soul and now you can more accurately reflect God. But is it a different spirit of prophecy in the mouths of these Christians than the spirit of holiness that descended on the prophets? God's always doing a new thing, but if it's a different spirit, then they're serving a different God. When we're young in the Lord, we can't understand that the God of the New Testament is the exact same God, the exact same character as the God of the Old Testament. That's evidence that you still live under Jezebel's tower. Understanding his ways can only happen as you traverse the Torah, 
to understand the reasons why God does the things that he does and what he desires to offer humanity and how humanity continually has been rejecting it because of a great delusion of great darkness that's been upon the people. But there is a great light rising in this day and hour. It's the sun of righteousness rising within the believer's hearts to illuminate and destroy the works of darkness so that all people will then know the Lord. If you're faithful with the Shekinah, the tent opening of the tabernacle, then you'll be given a chance to be faithful with the temple. That's when you receive the knowledge of the glory. Those are those days prophesied in the Old Testament prophets whose words are still alive and working today because their words came from the Father. That's when the knowledge of the glory will cover the face of the earth as the waters cover the sea. What is the face, face to face in the Garden of Eden when they speak to God face to face? Panim means faces. It's that same root word where they use bread in the showbread of the temple, which are 12 loaves of showbread, which is teaching. Face bread, eating the bread of his face, the bread of his <laughs> presence. He wants to eat your face off. Hallelujah. No, and there's no carnal interpretation. The bread of heaven is eating from the Father's countenance. It, yeah, the, the face of his countenance is the 70 faces of God. You have the 70, uh, you know, we don't know, we can't even say the words now, but those 70 flames of holiness, the heavenly Sanhedrin of God's kingdom. And that one tongue of the holy tongue, Lashon HaKadosh, that speaks the 12 Shekinah loaves of the showbread of the altar on the table of Shekinah, which is the teaching of righteousness. And as soon as one loaf was taken away, it must be replaced by another fresh bread. All those breads of his panim, his faces, the countenances, and if you study the master class, we talk about the faces. The faces, the first one that you'll encounter on your traversing of the Torah is called Zer Anpin, which is when you get into Tiferet of righteousness, which is his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Amen. And so we receive the chastisement. But those higher faces of the 70 faces of the Torah, the living word of God, produce that bread. And we eat from the table of Shekinah. So be faithful with the teaching and the eating and the feasting on the showbread of the table of Shekinah. And you'll be given, or if you continue to be faithful, those who are continuously righteous, so consistently righteous, can inherit that knowledge of the glory, the Holy Spirit of knowledge, which represents no longer a bone throne of Satan, but the Holy Spirit of knowledge, where in the curse of the fall, in man and woman, it had been at the place of the bone throne of Satan. Yeah, Jesus said that those that overcome would eat the hidden manna. And the hidden manna is for the hidden person of the heart. It's not hidden to anyone except blind eyes. So blind eyes want some kind of evidence in the realm of blindness. What did Jesus Christ say? Let the blind lead the blind, the dead bury the dead. They both will fall into a pit, he said. So what is blindness and falling into pits and death? It's not vis visible realms of glory of the inner man, be inner man being valued. See, an overcomer eats for the invisible person of the heart. Your entire life needs to be planned for the value of the hidden person's heart, the eternal part of you. If you are planning only for the natural man, that is the essence of folly. And you will grow in madness your whole life because you are only building up treasure in the realm of the dead. Now, if you are building up and storing up treasure in the invisible part of you, you're storing up treasure in heaven, which is the investment in the eternal realm. Almost all Christians know their spirit will live on for eternity, 
Very few have the wisdom to fully invest in that glory dimension. So we need wisdom so desperately in these days to how to practically apply Christian truth into the eternal part of us and then live for God's throne, be obedient for God's throne, and grow from God's throne because that investment gets a return. A sower sows seed. Why? So it can have 30, 60, 100 fold. Once in your life? No. Every time there's a harvest, just like wheat, twice a year, guys. You can have a harvest of wheat once or twice a year. You can maybe the weather's perfect, maybe three times a year. I remember areas of Mexico, they'd be harvesting strawberries like four times a year. You get four Amen. harvests because it's just perfect weather all the time for growing fruit. <laughs> Amen. It's always perfect weather in heaven. Amen. So God bless all the people in heaven. Also, if you're tuning in from heaven, we just want to thank you for your support and encouragement from the cloud of witnesses. We'd also like to thank Award University for sponsoring us and just providing so much teaching and training and uh, the Academy of Metatron. We are grateful and we're thankful uh, for the corrections, uh, the scribal corrections, and just the, the rebukes, the chastisement of the holy angels and the angels present here with us today. We're grateful for you. We pray that your angelic rewards would be beyond your wildest angel hopes, dreams, or powers of imagination, however great the Creator has made you, and He has made you great, and He has made you incredible for the service of Yadhe May your angelic rewards be increased beyond all that your angelic intelligence can comprehend, and we believe that is possible because of the greatness of Yadhe His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As is written, you will judge the angels. What's the judgment of angels? Divvying out rewards. Yeah, I heard it was going to be like the award ceremony. Amen. So that's why the angels are heavily invested in the overcomers. When you begin to posture your hearts, soften your hearts in the proclamation of the heavenly Jerusalem gospel, a lot of you have heard Christian Gospels. Some of you heard partial Gospels. Some of you heard Gospels even about God's glory. Very few have heard the Gospel from the 24 elders of heavenly Jerusalem. So you got the 12 tribes of Israel and you got the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Okay, spin those at 100,000 miles per hour and that light that comes from that that has a voice is the Gospel of heavenly Jerusalem. It's going to sound quite a lot different than what you heard during the church age. It's controversial because we got a lot of doctrines of men down here that are just plain heresies and the heretics calling the prophets heretics. You know what I mean? The, the wicked calling the righteous evil and the righteous doing everything they can to cleanse the wicked. So it is very much a civil war. Very few Christians agree about anything, but the truth remains the same in heavenly Jerusalem. The truth is heavenly Jerusalem. As it's written, the Holy Spirit is the truth. He's the only part of the Trinity, both on earth and in heaven in 1 John chapter 5. Which means you have to grow in the Holy Spirit into the cosmic realm. As it's written, I command you to come up here. You've had seven churches of Asia Minor, Revelation 2 and 3, but you're clueless and they're corrected and they have not overcome. When they conquer and overcome earth and obey the the instructions from jesus christ which is the hebrew word the kabbalah of jesus christ that instruction causes them to go up on the sapphire stones you have to be cabaled to walk in the realm of sapphire pavement over the earth no one can ascend except through jesus christ kabbalah truth anyhow that sounds controversial, but we are establishing it as true biblical doctrine. All the apostles of the Lamb had great Kabbalah. In fact, if you read Acts, they weren't even moving around anywhere to bring the gospel unless they were instructed by angels. Do you know to be instructed by angels is the definition of true holy Kabbalah? Right. Come angels on, visited Abraham and Sarah. Angels visited Mary. Angels visited Joseph. Angels visited Jesus. If Jesus needed angel visitations to complete his destiny, do we think that we're better than Jesus? That we could walk a more perfect walk? 
that we don't need the angelic help that Jesus had. So we've got to check the ego a little bit there. If there's a doctrine of demons or an inflation of the ego through supposed Christian doctrines that don't lead to circumcision, then it's time to put to death that nefesh. That's wrong about everything. Everything, <laughs> literally. So just remind yourself to give yourself a little grace and mercy for your mistakes. And so we want to release grace and mercy to you today for your sins, to be forgiven. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Let there be a fresh restoration of grace in your life that you will not use the grace this time to abuse the ways of God, but to use the grace to rise in righteousness because righteousness is the celestial garment. And we want to be wearing the appropriate garments as it's written in the book of Revelation. The woman standing on the moon, clothed in the sun, and you'll see that crown of stars glorifies the Father in heaven. It's a great and ominous sign. Now, there have been many words, even of the prophets, I believe, uh, one of the sisters in Red Letter Ministries Online had shared this. I don't know if you are watching this, if you shared it online or just simply with some of the women. It was a powerful message, and I believe it was a quote from the final quest. Something along those lines when they're talking about uh, the ending of an old era of Christianity and the new coming forth, that there would literally be a destruction of the old because it's no longer acceptable. There's that new coming forth. So if you still have that or you find that, I would encourage you to share that online so other people can be encouraged in their faith. Because when God does a new thing, how many of you know from just looking at revival history or church history, one of the hardest things for the Nefesh and even for the Ruah, which is the believer's soul, is to let go of the old, right? When we get comfortable with a certain place or a thing or a way or a habit of living, otherwise, why would there be so many books sold on, you know, change your habit in 21 days? People hire life coaches just to change simple ways of living so that they can be more successful. And that's just in the external natural realm, not even having anything to do with the kingdom necessarily. But what we're pointing that out is so that you can see the difficulty for the human being is often letting go of the old, especially when we really like it. This is my comfort blanket. This is what I go to in my time of need because many times God manifested through that comfort blankie. And so we begin to cling to the blankie instead of God. Do you see where we're going with this? When it's a specific manifestation, a specific movement, a specific a teaching or doctrine, and you just repeat it again and again, because at one point it was full of the sparkling, glistening Shekinah glory. The sun of righteousness was beaming down into the earth, down into Malkut, where you were making your way up the mountain, and you were refreshed. You were energized. There were signs and wonders. There were healings. There was power. And now it's a fading glory. There's still a little something there, but it's never the same as what it once was. And people live in the past, or they hope for a better future. But the only hope for a better future is living in the now, in the Shekinah, united with Tiferet, the son of righteousness. That's where the healing is in his wings and his beams. Yep, so since the healing's in the beams of his wings, ascending is your healing. There's no healing for staying where you're at. You'll have to move, shake off the complacency, shake off... Uh, the comfort zones and be challenged into new realms 
within your inner man, where it's the most com- uncomfortable of all, because you can even be disciplined on the outside to move around a lot on the outside, travel on the outside, but you begin to challenge the inside. It's a whole different ball game. That's what makes you more than conquerors through Christ who's called you. He's called you to triumph and change continuously repenting in your inner man. If anyone puts down their cross, they're not worthy of me. They no longer follow me. They're no longer my disciple, Jesus said. To carry your cross is the inner man changing. Not not external man. That's a hypocrite. That's a play actor. The inner man carrying the cross. Unless your inner man is changing and going into new dimensions of challenging commandments of angelic norms. Okay, so there are requirements for the inner man every degree of glory. You're changed because it's commanded of you. Each elevation commands a different behavior for the invisible person of the heart. Amen. It's a greater refinement. So you'll find as you ascend worlds, what was given grace or was it seemed to be maybe overlooked or character flaws, ways of acting and speaking, the higher you go up, you realize that those ways you were previously acting in the lower worlds, even though it was tolerated, that's the word I'm looking for, tolerated for a time because God was working out your salvation in other areas of your soul. Then you get to that next level and all of a sudden it can't exist in you anymore and you're not going to go a step further until that changes. And that's what we've encountered and that's what others are encountering on the Sapphire Stone journey. But I want you to be encouraged. I know some of you, you've been at some the same rung for a while. There's many people who've been kind of stuck on one rung and that's many of you. I want you to be encouraged because In just a moment, all it takes is a revelation and an obedience. In a moment, there could be acceleration, the acceleration of the book of Enoch, where the winds, the clouds, the lightnings accelerated him. You could accelerate another thousand years in Sephardic counting of decades in just a moment of revelation, a realization, a glimpse into glory through the opening of the tent, which is the Shekinah. And that's where that fresh word of God, that bread will come to you and get you the revelation. So I want to pray for you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for acceleration of Enoch and the lightning path, that those who have been stuck at the same rung or they're dealing with a membrane or foreskin of one of those rungs, maybe they're still on Malkut, Let the wisdom of what's been already provided in these teachings that we've already done, let that wisdom be quickened to them. Let them remember where to study, how to study, and for it to be fresh and new. I know you've heard it before, but until it's alive on the inside, it's not active and working. So let those words that they've heard become alive, active, and working with total obedience to your way to Get fully circumcised and move quickly to the next strong. Amen. So the morning star will shine in your hearts. Stay faithful to the word. Stay faithful to the prophets. Keep going into that prophetic prophetic word and pay attention. Even a more detailed attention is required. And that light will shine through your spirit. The morning star in your hearts and the day dawning in your foreheads. Your whole mind renewed to living in the fullness of the glory of the Word of God from the inside out. The inner man covering the outer man with the light of the Garden of Eden. Amen. And it's for every single one of you. And God's Word will do it in you and through you. It can change you in a twinkling of an eye. We pray that for all of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Build with us, you guys. When Moses was building the tabernacle in the wilderness, all the instruments, God said, let the Israelites come before me with silver, gold, and gemstones, all the precious things of their houses to build the tabernacle. And he said, let no one appear before me empty-handed. 
everyone was to give financial support into the building of what God was doing through his servant Moses. So it is these days with God's apostles. Let no one appear before RLM TV empty-handed, but to participate with financial offerings and giving that we may build this tabernacle in Florida that God is asking us to build. It's Seems like a lot, but if you are obedient, we can do it quickly. We really have the goal for the two facilities that are needed of raising $3 million. And it's important, God asked me to put the number out there and tell the congregation. Because once Moses told them to bring it in, obey, obeying God's voice, it came in. So we put out right in front of everyone into their ears that you be in agreement with us and participate with us in raising that level of support. God can do it. We see astonishing signs and wonders. God just multiplied the cables 20-fold in 24 hours when Satan destroyed the one yesterday. Amen. And another sign and wonder, as I was looking at that post on Facebook and our uh, precious sister in Christ, Sophia, had commented that she saw a vision of God doing the same thing with the finances of multiplication, the Torah scroll playing out loud in the background at that exact moment when my eyes looked at that comment, it said out loud finances. And I just, Amen. in awe of the signs and the wonders around finances. So, May your finances increase as you sow the seeds into righteousness. You're sowing seeds of righteousness. Let's get this message out throughout the entire world that many will know Jesus Christ, not just as an idea or a one-time salvation or just praying in tongues or in another old move of God, but that they can know God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the angel of yad heh vav -Heh, and know his ways. Teach me your ways that I might know you. It's the ancient path. So this is it. Some of you, we talked about this. We had signs and wonders confirming. At least three, two or three signs and wonders confirming today that there are some singles. You're in Red Letter Ministries now. You're watching online. You're tuning in. And your spouse is actually out there. A spouse that God has ordained for you. And again, this came with two to three witnesses with signs and wonders today. As I was praying and sharing this with the women in RLM from RLM TV, our supporters online began to pray for your spouses, your heavenly selected God given spouses to be given to you. And they're out there and some of them need to hear the training and the teaching and righteousness. So unless this word gets out, they're not going to be able to find you to locate you in righteousness. So it's important that this message gets out for those couples that God wants to do a mighty work in the earth with couples of righteousness. So we're praying for your spouse that they find the teaching and training of righteousness and they can ascend together with you and you can glorify your Father in heaven together. Amen. Amen. The sons of righteousness, Jesus Christ prophesied of, of them in the gospel. And the Father's kingdom is only filled with sons and daughters of righteousness. This work has never been built before. What an opportunity for all of you to participate in the building of the Father's king kingdom for the sons and daughters of righteousness to live in the heavenly realms. No more having earthly Christianity. Let's pioneer and build heavenly Christianity together for this harvest of the end times of a never-ending revival of the people who live on the sapphire stones. It'll take these teachings and these preachings in order for it to come forth in the earth. Support it. Click the links in the description. Be blessed as you give and let the angels add unto you as you give tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, 
where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream, each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality. And in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.